Hello and welcome to the Punt the QB podcast. I'm Rick Navalani here with Tim Singer. We're going to talk some week two and preview some week three football. Tim, week two? I mean, it wasn't even bad bets. That was bad beats. I mean, you might have some good bets that just fell apart as the game went along. I I don't know if I could say anybody had bad reads on games. I mean, unless they were, they were some, there was a couple of them, but majority of them, that game just, all the witching hour, as, as they call it, on red zone, just absolutely threw everything up for grabs. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, uh, for, for those of us that love red zone, between the noon slate and the three o'clock slate, the witching hour was absolute madness. Uh, I mean, the week was filled with crazy comebacks. Yeah, yeah. The the Dolphins down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Tua throws six touchdowns. The Jets. Uh, I I mean, I don't know what the hands team on the Browns is doing. Um, you know, Chubb decides to go into the end zone. All those crazy things that happened had had to happen for the Jets to come back. Uh, the Cardinals coming back. Kyler Murray single handedly. I'm going to run around 37 yards to make this play happen. I mean, it's just just, just some of the crazy football that happened. They said that one of those two-point conversions, he ran 80 yards yeah. back and forth before he finally got in there for the two-point conversion. I am just madness. Just absolutely the craziness that was the witching hour. Um, and, and, yeah, like I said, I, you can't quickly talk about We Two without talking about all the madness that was. I did want to talk about we did have. Now, it was, wasn't as big a bloodbath as week one was. We did have a major injury week two. Trey Lance... Is out for the season. He broke his ankle in two places. Everyone that saw the play kind of knew. So it's like he never got a chance to be what Kyle Shanahan said he was. Yeah, but, I mean, how much of a save is it for the 49ers that they could salvage the season because they did not trade Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And that's the thing is, it's like, that was the last domino everybody was talking about, the quarterback thing, and they decide, well, it's it's mutual interest for uh, both uh. to come back. Well, guess what? It happened. Yeah. And and good thing they didn't, you know, because they their season might have gone down the drain. The other thing from uh, headlines that we two we had to talk about, Mike Evans uh, was suspended uh. for one game for his involvement with the Marshawn Lattimore situation with the Bucks. Uh, he came from the sideline. They had to do something. Relatively speaking, one game. It sucks because the Bucks have nobody at wide receiver left. But, uh, yeah, one-game suspension. Yeah, they ended up having to sign Cole Beasley off of a free agency <laughs> because they got nobody. I mean, Julio's pro- Julio is still up in the air whether or not he's going to play or not. You know, Godwin is definitely out. Yeah. Evans is suspended. Russell Gage has been hurt. I mean, there's there's nobody but That's Scotty Miller. Is it the return of Scotty Miller game? Scotty Miller. Wow, yeah, Brashard Perriman still. I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I mean... I, I'm surprised that was the only suspension to come out of that little situation. A lot of that was Brady talking smack. But Marshawn Lattimore, how many times does he have to be in the in the middle of something before he's a, a problem? He's, yeah, yeah. Well, this has been yeah. this has been an issue with Evans and and Lattimore before. I mean, a couple of years ago, Evans got suspended for a game first getting into a fight with uh, Lattimore in the past. Well, that's the way Lattimore plays football. <laughs> he in, in poker terms, he gets people playing on tilt. Mm-hmm. He he yaps. He, he gets in your head. And people snap, and we've seen it happen. You know, he's he's a good player, and that's that's part of what he does. I like when they put it in slow motion, and you got Mike Evans talking to the refs, and it's like it was Tom Brady, man. What do you want me to do? <laughs> hey, you know what? He's he's not wrong. I mean, Brady gets this golden pass, and, and it's like, I, I mean, well, that's the thing is, Mike Evans is like, well, listen, that's my quarterback, and we can't afford to lose him, so I'm going to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, just. When we're talking about that, I mean, the the games last week, I mean, you got the Baltimore just absolute collapse in the fourth quarter. I mean, and these were like, these were these were games like the Cleveland, the Jets. I mean, these are all teams that you thought are right around the area of quality of teams of each other. You know, Miami's a good team. Baltimore's a good team. Baltimore outplayed it for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter they just let everything slip away because I guess they can't cover when everybody's running vertical routes. I don't know. <laughs> just everyone's go. Go deep. Gee, go deep. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, no one saw that coming. Yeah, right? I, yeah, and that's the thing is, yeah, you couldn't do the quick review week two without talking about two and his six touchdowns, 21 points down the fourth quarter. Um Brownie the Elf, yeah. <laughs> jinxing the Brown, jinxing. I had to mention him because that is just brutal. Uh, jinxing the Browns' hands team. Um, I, I mean, like I said, and that's 
that was brutal, even though you did have Amari Cooper look good in week two, looked great again last night. We'll talk about that more in a second. Uh, Chubb's three touchdowns, which ironically, if it was two and falling down, they would have they, they would have won. won. Yeah. But in today's day and age, who recovers hand uh, onside kicks? Yeah. Nobody. Well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be. They, they, that's one thing most of those guys are there for is just to have the hands. Not only for the hands team, but, you know, like most of them are receivers, running backs, cornerbacks. They're the guys that are supposed to be getting the ball. Yeah, and all the rules are tilted towards the receiving team. Yeah, the other so, team can't even start running until the ball is kicked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Colts, not only do they lose once again on the road to the Jags, 24 to nothing. Yeah, it wasn't even competitive. I mean, that's embarrassing. It's one of those things where it's like a lot of people were, were uh, you'd hear a lot of people be like, well, man, the Colts just can't win in Jacksonville. And I had to like correct him. I'd be like, Jack, the Colts can't win anywhere with the way they're playing right now. And that's the thing is how, I that's not one of those I have to stand up and be like, I was wrong. I mean, I remember going back to our review of the AFC South and we were talking about, man, it's that formula, good defense, good team, dropping a veteran quarterback. Whoops. Well, you know what? <laughs> this, this falls back on... The one thing that I did say that it was a concern of mine was that offensive line, and they cannot keep Ryan up. He's getting pressured. He's getting hit. He's getting knocked down. That that offense is completely out of whack. I mean, besides that fourth quarter when they came back just to tie the Texans, I mean, you got basically outplayed by the Texans for three quarters, and you got thoroughly dominated by the Jaguars for four quarters. I mean, you better figure this out, and you better figure it out quick, because you play against Kansas City this week, you can't start off 0-2-1. Yeah, that's the thing is, the reason we liked the Colts so much because of the division they play in, well, guess what? You just tied the Texans and lost to the Jags brutally. Uh, one more thing about Week 2, I know we got to move on. Of course, the Cowboys won with Cooper <laughs> Rush against the Bengals. We talked about all the traps, you know, that the Vegas set for everybody. The the New England favorite at Pittsburgh. Uh, Indy, why are they only favored by three? The Rams uh, given 10 to, to the lowly uh, Falcons. But the biggest trap that we all fell into, why are the Bengals only favored by seven? They were in the Super Bowl and Cooper Rush is starting. Of course the Cowboys won with Cooper Rush. Of course they did. Yeah. The Cowboys, right now that defense is really playing out of their minds. I mean, they held Brady to, what, 200 yards passing, a little over 200 yards passing. Then they had Burrow the next week, held him to under 200 yards passing. I mean, that defense is stepping up because that offense right now is brutal. Now, Micah Parsons... Betting favor for defensive player of the year plus four hundred. Do you think that'll last? I, I mean, T.J. Watts out. Why wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, he gets he gets the I'm on the Dallas Cowboys credit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I, Miles Garrett, nobody talks about because he's on the Cleveland Browns. He's amazing. But I mean, that's the thing is when you play with the Cowboys, Micah Parsons, he's a beast, and then he gets the blue star in his helmet. That's why he's the betting player. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good players out there right now on defense doing some really special things. And and obviously, I'm not ready to anoint anybody. I know that he's the favorite right now, but I mean, there's plenty of good players out there. I'm I'm gonna I'm not I'm gonna say if I if I had to take right now him or the field, I take the field. Well, obviously, yeah, we're we're two weeks into 17 yeah. weeks, but that's what we do. We waited five months for football. We're overreacting. Mm -hmm. Now we can't move on to week three until we talk about what happened last night. Not exactly. Kansas City Chargers, Cleveland-Pittsburgh. And it is what we thought it was. Now, technically, this final score was Cleveland 29, Pittsburgh 17. Another backdoor cover. Yeah. I, I mean, the the laterals play when they're down six to end the game, and all of a sudden, you know, Najee fumbles, Cleveland. How many people got screwed by that one play? Um. Well, I mean, actually, not, not that many because it was already a six-point game, wasn't it? No, uh, well, it was six, but a lot of people was six and a half. Oh, was it? I mean, early I, yeah. on in the week, it was six and a half. The over under was forty and a half, and of course, that play put it over. Yeah, I just think it was funny because Al Michaels, who's famously yeah. all season, like, he just flat out somebody, said it. you know who you are. Yeah, <laughs> he, he just flat out says it. It's great. I love that he's like so conscious. I mean, when I got yeah. it, when I I bet I bet a Thursday morning, and it was four and a half. Right. No, I'm saying up until game time, it was six and a half because I was like. Should the Browns really be giving six and a half to anybody? So it's it, a trap. <laughs> it, it, yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, I I had to mention it because Al Michael said it. It was great. He's like that. That was either good or bad, depending on some of you, and you know who you are. Yeah, they, I, you know? I sent you a message earlier where some people had won over that were going to have to split the million or something like that. That was on uh, DraftKings. They had to split. They had to split at two hundred thirty nine thousand a piece, and that defensive touchdown moved them from first 
to 42nd and they won $750 rather than $230. That's why I had to bring it up. I was like, holy cow. I, I mean, it's incredible. It's amazing how that stuff. I mean, as far as the game itself, this Justin Nick Chubb is a beast. Yep. Uh, I mean, of course, they had to show the video of him squatting. Uh, 23 carries, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he is, as of this minute, the number one running back. Now, a lot of that's because he's played three games. But I, if you need someone to put away a game, you know, I'm going to give you credit on this one. I was dogging the Browns because I was like, well, they weren't good with Baker. Jacoby Brissett's a downgrade. But you you called it. With that schedule, let's be honest, they should be 3-0. Yeah. they they Besides that that last two minutes last week, they're 3-0. Three, they're three and oh. With Jacoby Brissett. Yep. And, and that's the thing is, Chubb had 23 carries. Kareem Hunt had 12 carries. They stuck to the formula. Don't ask Jacoby Brissett to win it. It's funny, though. Jacoby Brissett had 220 yards passing. Amari Cooper had 101, and Joku had 89. Those two had 190 of oh, Jacoby Brissett's 220 passing. It's literally a two-man team, and i got to give credit, again, Amari Cooper. We know who he was. Mm-hmm. He's either going to get two catches for 12 yards or seven for 101 and a touchdown yeah. like he did. I think you're going to see Amari Cooper is kind of like when he was on the Cowboys, kind of like when he was on the Raiders. Thursday night games, he shows up. Home games, he shows up. Away games, where is this guy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. If he's the noon window in Indianapolis, yeah, not so much. Yeah, you know. I but, mean, but but when you're talking about, it, I mean, like, I, it was a very good day yesterday. I had a couple of a uh, couple of props, couple of player props. I hit Cream uh, Hunt over rushing yards. I hit the uh, Amari Cooper over rush, over receiving yards. Um, yeah, it was it was a good day. And uh, this just in. Um, Mitchell Trubisky is still not a good quarterback. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I I was gonna wrap up with talking about that. I do have to give you credit, guys. If you follow Rick on Twitter or if you follow the YouTube channel, my partner Ricky Vegas is making you money. What are you six and three YouTube videos? Six and three on the YouTube videos. So yeah, I, I mean you're you're absolutely killing it. So if you're one of those that subscribe to the channel, watch the videos. Thank you. We appreciate it. But uh, you're making money in the process. Uh, yeah, to play on what you were saying, Trubisky. I, I don't think this is breaking news. He's just not good. I, we're not going to talk about what they did with the game besides the Pickens catch, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Trubisky is what we thought he was. You know what the thing is, 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 and this is what I love about Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett knows exactly who he is. Absolutely. And he does what he does as well as he possibly can. Um, you know what I mean? He's the he's the bend, don't break quarterback. He's the go out there and and do just enough to help your team, but really it's about the running backs and it's about the defense. And he understands that. And I think... You have Mitch, who just doesn't seem to get that. He thinks he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but you're never going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He, he's not accurate. He's not special. It's just, I think a lot of people like him because he's a likable guy. His teammates love him. He's a nice guy. He's nice to the media, but he's just not good. Yeah. I, 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 one more thing. I know we got to move on to week three. You asked me in the preseason who's the first quarterback to get bench, and I said Trubisky for Pickett. Does it happen next week? No. You know what? I think that it should because he has 10 days to get ready, but it won't. My, uh, Tomlin, is Tomlin, as great of a coach as he is, he's a little stubborn on this front and makes you wonder, wh- what what do they see in Pickett that they don't feel comfortable putting him out there yet? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, though, how, how much longer can you stick with him? Yeah. Okay, so moving on to week three, one of the coolest games of the noon window you got Kansas City's minus five and a half at Indy. We talked about how bad Indy's been. The total's 50 and a half. This is one of those reverse line moves that you've been tracking. 93% of bets are on Kansas City minus five and a half. When I started my research for this week, it was Kansas City minus six and a half. If 93% of the bets on KC, why is the line moving down? Yeah, I mean, and it's really interesting because. As much as when you see these things and it says ninety three percent of the money is on KC, I see all of the all of the people that I watch, the people that I talk to online and stuff like that are all saying Indianapolis. Like, don't be surprised when Indianapolis covers this game. Don't be surprised if Indianapolis wins this game. But the thing that the thing that gets me is is like how. But still, it doesn't make a difference if perception is by by smart, you know, by the pros <laughs> says that that's not that. All the money is still on KC. The line should still be going up. It doesn't, you know what I mean? That's it's what basically I'm saying. trying that's... to goat people into taking KC again. And that's the thing is, I, I 
I will almost always say Vegas, they know what they're doing. And if all the betting is on Kansas City and they still move the line down, they're begging you to take the Chiefs. But the way the Chiefs have played and the way the Colts are played, why would they want that? Yeah. Well, that's the one thing that I have heard also is is that is that the one thing that Vegas is scared about is is the Chiefs blowing out the Colts because then they're going to lose a whole bunch of money. But why would you lower the line then? It doesn't make any sense. It's a trap. It just, that, that's what it I'm saying. It's trap to me. It, absolutely. And, and it, you want to throw some other things out there? Indy, in their last 10 games, when they are a home dog, are 0-10. Uh, yeah, that's the thing is I all... I saw that and I was like, "What? What? What am I missing?" Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing is Mahomes. Uh, he continues to spread the ball around. Nine different players caught passes from him in week two, mm-hmm. and, and he said before the season he was going to do that. Now for the Colts, I think last week proved they really need Michael Pittman. I, I mean, and, and that's the thing is Frank Reich has said he'll play, so good news for them because I, I don't know what happened. They didn't have Michael Pittman last week. And Taylor got nine carries. So, I, I don't know why is Vegas begging you to take the Colts? I, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, unless Vegas knows that Indianapolis is going to win the coin toss, drive down the field, and score a touchdown, basically just running the ball for like a seven-minute drive. And even then, I still don't know if I would back the Colts uh-huh. for the whole rest of that game. Yeah, that's the thing. is, I think the best thing you can do as a better is hope the Colts score early. <laughs> You get a live line where it's like only Chiefs minus two and a half, and you pounce on that. Uh, one more question. I, I know we got to keep moving. One thing that caught my eye: Matt Ryan's passing yard total is two forty-seven and a half. Now, I'm intrigued by that because I feel like we could have fourth quarter garbage time stuff where the Chiefs have a ten to twelve point lead and they've got to do the march down. They did it against the Texans. I don't know why you couldn't get some garbage time yards. It, it interests do you or no? No, because because let's put it, Casey is second in the league in scoring. Indy is dead last in scoring, and you want to go on op, You want to go even more information on that. Casey has been sacked one time in two games. They've been sacked once. Mahomes has been sacked one time in two games. Indy has one of the worst sack defenses in the league. They don't put any pressure on the quarterback. I don't know. Like I said, this game I want nothing to do with with the way the line is moving and everything like that. But this game. Everything show everything says Casey is going to jump out to an early lead and put this one away. You're two forty seven, maybe, but but that didn't do them any good when they in Jacksonville. I mean, Matt Ryan just absolutely there wasn't like garbage time, and there was plenty of garbage time because that game wasn't even competitive. Yeah, that was over early. I I had to ask uh, another game. I think a lot of people are intrigued by Buffalo's minus five at Miami, a total of fifty three. The Bills have won seven straight versus the Dolphins. If they could flex this game, this game would be Sunday night. <laughs> if they could flex a game in week three, this would be the Sunday night game right now. Or or move to at least three o'clock to have it be in prime to have it to be more of a prime time spot. But man, you're right. They've won seven straight. Buffalo playing awesome. Miami has gotta have a lot of confidence after that fourth quarter. Yeah, that's the thing. With the total opened at fifty four, it's at fifty three. So there's been a little movement down. Originally, when I saw the fifty four, to me, it screamed. This game screams under. You know, which nobody likes to bet unders. They're boring as hell. But originally, when I saw fifty four, and I'm like, listen, I know everybody remembers recency bias. My Miami coming back to a throw and six touchdown passes in week one. They had one offensive touchdown, and the Bills. Their defense is number one so far. Again, I know it's a small sample size. The game screams under to me. Now, I'm not going to bet unders because they're no fun, but it screams under to me. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you say this team is first in defense, that's even underselling what they're doing. The Buffalo Bills, let me run this down for you, are first in rush defense. They're first in turnovers forced. They're second in passing defense. They're second in the in total points allowed. They're second in sacks. I mean, they are just dominating on all aspects of defense right now. So you're saying they're good. I'm saying they're good. And here's <laughs> one thing that I want to throw out to you is is that out of all four aspects, Bill's offense, Bill's defense, Miami's offense, Miami's defense, Tim, what's the only thing that's lacking? Probably Miami's defense. Uh, yeah. So that just – yeah, I just don't – I think Buffalo is going to take care of it only for the fa- – I'll take care of business here only for the fact that Miami's – the one weak link in this is probably the chink in the armor is Miami's defense. 
Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, nothing we've seen the first two weeks has shown us that any, anyone can stop Buffalo. Buffalo beat the Super Bowl champs in week one, and they beat the number one seed in the AFC. They didn't handily. just beat them. They beat them down. They, they beat them, them handily. And it wasn't even like these games, these games weren't competitive. By halftime, these games were over. Yeah, the only pushback I'm going to give you is division games are always goofy. These are teams that are very familiar with each other, and they are in Miami. I know Buffalo has some injuries in their defensive backfield, but on a, on a lighter note here, Tim, Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniels is a head coach, is 2-0 and to start his career, and he beat Bill Belichick and, Jim, and John Harbaugh. How impressive is that? And now... You might actually go 3-0 and to start your career by beating what probably is the best team in the NFL. Yeah, this just in, that's pretty good. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm very intrigued. I, that noon window is great. All right, well, let's 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 move over to uh, Philly at Washington. My guy, Jalen Hurts, he's been helping me out in fantasy here. But Philly is favored by 6.5, and, and the over-under is 47. Tim, Philly is 8-2 and two in their last 10 against Washington. Where, where, do, you, where do you land on this? Wow. That's the thing is, I'm not. I'm surprised after what we've seen between these two teams, and Philly has looked like the best team in the NFC so far. They have looked amazing. I'm really surprised it's not. Now, I had it at six this morning, six, six and a half, either way. Either way I'm surprised it's not seven and a half or eight. I, I'm, I, I'm really surprised the way these two teams have played. Philly's not favored by more. Maybe they're giving Washington football team the home three, if you will. The divisional I, home three. Yeah, exactly. Nothing that has happened makes me think the Washington football team is anywhere near Philly. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Because Philly is second in the league in rushing, and Washington is 28th in rush defense. In Washington's first seven drives last week, they had six punts and a safety. And I understand that they came alive in the second half, but they were... They were manhandled at the beginning of that game. Didn't they start off down like 20 to nothing or something like to that? The, to the Lions. To the Lions. <laughs> and it wasn't until the the third and fourth quarter when it was pretty much garbage time where it's like, oh, they'll get in within 10 points and then Detroit would score again. And then, oh, we'll get it within 10 points again and then Detroit would score again. It's what it, so, But, I mean, the thing that gets me is I don't understand this. Philly is favored by 16. You're right. It should be higher because Washington can't stop anybody from running the ball. Washington is allowing 7.5 yards a carry. Seven and a half yards a carry. You don't even have to complete two plays, and it should be an automatic first down if you just run the ball. Tim, what is the one thing Philadelphia does well over the last year and a half? Fairly certain they run the ball. They run the ball. <laughs> you are playing right into the buzzsaw. Philly, the Washington can't stop the one thing that Philly is excessively good at. That's what I'm saying. That, that's when I see six, six and a half, I'm like, that's fishy to me. That I I'm not say, I'm not going to full out say it's a trap because factually speaking they're on the road and I did want to bring up Philadelphia our Washington football team did beat Philly last year twenty to fourteen in week seventeen when Philly was fighting for a playoff spot I I just had to bring it up factually speaking it did happen yeah but Philly's Philly's pass defense shut down Minnesota who has a lot better of a passing offense than Washington does. Yeah, agreed. Uh, one more quick thing before we move on. This is Carson Wentz's first time facing his old team with the Eagles. Anything there? No. Did I no. catch you off guard? Did, you know he played for the Eagles, right? I know he played for the Eagles. I, I just okay. don't really you don't care. care about that. I don't. mean, most of those players, maybe not but Miles Sanders, maybe there's a couple of people that are still there. I mean... Yeah. So it's okay to bring up the Joe Flacco revenge game against the Ravens, but Carson Wentz... I didn't even back. call it a Joe Flacco revenge game. That was not a revenge game. When you got Joe Flacco throwing the ball 50 times, that's like a mercy thing. That's a, Mercy. That's mercy. Mercy. All right, Tim, here's another one that doesn't make any sense to me. The Ravens are giving three points, traveling to New England. The over-under on this one is 43 and a half. Now, the Ravens have lost seven of their last eight games, but only but six of those were without Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I saw that stat, too, and I was like, well, listen, that that's not with Lamar Jackson, so let's just cross that one off. Yeah, let me just say this. The Ravens have outplayed the other teams seven out of the first eight quarters of this season. They are pretty much, besides that fourth quarter collapse last week, you know, 15 minutes away from being 2-0. and And is it... 
do you not think that Ra- the Ravens come back like reset, refocused? I mean, because let's face it, New England ain't coming back from a ten point deficit, let alone a twenty one point deficit. Yeah, the the theme of last week's betting was look at all these traps. And that's the first thing I was going to ask you. How are the Ravens only favored by three at New England? It just, it, 92% of bets are on Baltimore minus three. So I was going to ask you, does that make the Patriots a sneaky home dog? But it sounds like you've already answered that. No. Lamar Jackson is, it's not even close. Lamar Jackson is the best player in this game. Lamar Jackson could take over this game. And the bottom line is, is that, did they blow the game last week against Miami? Sure. But Miami has the, the the talent to be able to come back, make to make a comeback like that. New England does not have that talent. No, they don't. And Jacoby Myers uh, was limited in practice all week. I bring him up because he is their most targeted receiver. He leads them in targets, receptions, and yards. Um, if they're without him, they're in a lot of trouble. Well, and last week, they beat a Pittsburgh Steelers team who just lost yesterday with with a, an inept Mitch Trubisky, and they basically won that game because of one a, a muffed punt, a muffed punt return, and two a a receive a cornerback going for the interception and getting beat, and Nelson Aguilar taking like seventy five yards for a touchdown. Yeah. So I mean, literally, that's the only thing. Like New England has scored what three touchdowns on offense the whole season? Two. two. That's it. Two. Yeah. I. That's the thing is, but so. I, I I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. I I just it it screams trapped to me, but I, I, a lot of us are falling head in. I'm ninety two percent. I'm falling on this one. I'm falling in on this one. If any, and you know what? Don't come at me about how Baltimore. If Baltimore loses this game, don't come at me about how they're the best team in the in the AFC AFC North. I mean. Even if they lose this game at one and two, they might still be the best team. Yeah, they, well, they might. Be. <laughs> just you're like, don't come at me. You know? But I'm just saying, like, if you're going to turn around and say that Baltimore is by far, you know, they finished last. I don't see. I, I don't think anybody year. would say by far because factually speaking, the Browns are a minute and thirteen seconds away from being three and zero. So, yeah, I, moving on to another AFC North team that a lot of people thought were going to be good. The Cincinnati Bengals are a six point favorite at the Jets with a total forty four and a half. The Bengals' last seven games have gone under. Yeah. Well, in last year, they lost 34-31 to 31 to the Jets. I mean, Joe Burrow, something's got to be wrong here. Something has to be wrong Well, here. I'll tell you what's wrong. Dude has been sacked 13 times in two weeks. They went out and brought in three brand-new offensive linemen to upgrade that offensive line, and he leads the league, quote-unquote, in being sacked. He's been sacked 13 times in two weeks. That's what's wrong. Well, and the craziest part about it is, if they make that extra point in week one, and they they, they could almost as easily be two and zero as they are zero and two. Oh mean, yeah, you know they, they like I said they they got thoroughly dominated for majority of that game against Dallas, but they were the more talented team on the field. And and that's the thing is that's why that's the old saying any given Sunday. Yep. You know, uh, <laughs> I was just going to ask you. You know, we were talking about last year how the the Jets and and it, was it the Mike White game? Or was yeah, the Mike it was White the Mike game? White yeah. game. So is this a get-right game for the Bengals, or is it deja vu? It better be a get-right game for the Bengals. <laughs> I got to tell you, like, if you are if you are want to bet on the Bengals, it better be this week. Because if they don't win this week, you don't come back from 0-3. Historically, no. it does not happen. Yeah, we talked about it last week. The teams that go 0-2, 11% make the playoffs. 0-3? Oh, oh. Yeah. What, what are you talking, 2%, 3%? Yeah. I guess I should have done my homework if I was going to work that stat. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this just in 0-3 is not good. Yeah, I mean, and, um, and I got to say this. One thing, Cincinnati needs to – I said the whole time I had a big I, big thought in the pre in the offseason that this these moves they made on offensive line were going to make them more balanced. They better start getting more balanced because Joe Mixon is still there, and you might as well start using him because Burrow is getting pummeled back there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, next game on the docket, the Las Vegas Raiders, minus two, are at Tennessee with a total of 45 and a half. The Titans' last six games at home have gone under. Yeah, well, this is leaning towards under also because Hunter Renfro, he's not playing. You know, uh, Josh Jacobs, he didn't even, he's not playing. He didn't make the team, he didn't make, he didn't travel with the team. So it doesn't look like he's going to play. I mean, this is, 
0-2 versus 0-2, and this is literally Thunderdome. This is two teams enter, one team is leaving, and the other one is basically like, well, we're we're really screwed. And that's the thing is, we're talking about an 0-2 Raiders team and an 0-2 Titans team. The Raiders were 10-7 and and made the playoffs last year. The Titans were the one seed last year. Now, one of these teams is going to be 0-3 after three weeks. And that's the thing is... The Raiders had a 16-point lead going into the fourth quarter. We talked about all those crazy comesbacks with the Jets and the Dolphins. Well, the Cardinals did it too, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's the thing is, I, I, I'm i not – I'm a little thrown off by the two. They talk about in betting, the magic numbers are three and seven. Now, how many games have we talked about so far where there was six, six and a half, two, two and a half? They're daring you to take the dog, you know. And, and it's I'm, – I'm just – I'm really not sure what to make of it. A couple of stats here, and maybe this helps you make your decision. Um, the 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 Raiders are one and five coming off of an o- overtime game, and then the other thing I'll say is is that Las Vegas is also thirtieth in ru- in rushing offense, and as a defense, they can't get to the quarterback either. They have one sack in two games. Yeah, which is weird because they've got a good. I mean, Max Crosby's a solid player, you know, and. What we haven't seen from Tennessee all season is a dominant running running attack, which is what they should be with Derrick Henry. Hey, I was just going to bring that up. King Henry last week rushed for 25 yards. Let me say that again. King Henry rushed for 25 yards. He now has 107 on the season. Are you worried? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm worried. I don't. If they play like the way they've been playing all season long, I don't know how this game goes over. Because the Raiders are one-dimensional, and the Titans haven't been able to do anything on offense. They're zero-dimensional. Yeah, they're zero-dimensional. <laughs> and they've got one of the best running backs in football. And i got to tell you this much. If this game goes south for Tennessee and they start off 0-3, oh, Malik Willis, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. And they are. That's the thing is I asked you about Trubisky and Pickett, but, I mean, not far behind is Tannehill and, and Malik Willis. Now, luckily for the Titans, they play in the AFC South. Yeah, so uh, basically 0-3 could still only be one game out after this game. Yeah. Uh, next one on the docket we got to talk about. The Saints are minus 2.5 at Carolina with a total of 41. The Panthers are 0 and 9 against the spread in their last 9. Yeah, and New Orleans is 12 and 1 in road division games their last 13 road division games. Digging deep on that one, buddy. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? You got to dig deep every now and then to find to find some kind of an angle because guess what? The the New Orleans Saints could easily be 0 and 2 with losses to Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Yeah, that's the thing is <laughs> to to make New Orleans Carolina exciting, you've got to dig deep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we saw some old Jameis Winston in Week 2 with those three interceptions. And and that's the thing is he has talent there. Olave looks like he's a, he's a NFL wide receiver. Michael Thomas is healthy. Uh, Jarvis Landry's there. Now, I know Kamara didn't play, but Ingram's a solid player. I, I What's going on? You know what? One of the things that we always say, as and, and it's kind of been the thing over the last like, 15, 20 years, the thing that they always say is if you want to be – a, a Super Bowl championship contending team, you have to do two things. You have to protect the quarterback and you have to get to the quarterback. And what are the New Orleans? And if you would do one of them, you're a playoff team. If you do both of them, you're a Super Bowl contender. If you do neither of them, you are one of the worst in the league. Okay. Guess what the New Guess where the New Orleans Saints fall into that category, Tim? Uh, why don't you tell me? One of the worst in the league. <laughs> they have been sacked ten times this season, and they have one quarterback sack. So you can't protect your quarterback, and you can't get to the other team's quarterback. This game. Just absolutely, as much as I would like to take New Orleans, as much as I would like to, when I, when you go dig deeper into it, it looks like garbage on garbage. It just looks all the same. It's all the same, Tim. It's all the same. Let me tell you this. The New Orleans Saints have turned the ball over six times this year. I'm like, oh, that's that sounds great. I should take Carolina. Well, Carolina hasn't forced a turnover all year. So you're talking about bad and bad. It's just bad. Can we move on? This game is just bad. That Rick Rant was brought to you by Skeleton Key Brewing's Oktoberfest. Good stuff, Ricky. This was provided by you this week. Yeah, I provided this this week. I went to uh, Skeleton Key Brewing for a uh, for a, 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 a travel baseball meeting, 
And uh, I love the fact that this name on this, do you know what the name of Oktoberfest beer for them? Shoot the Glass from, <laughs> from Die Hard. If anybody gets the Die Hard reference, go ahead and hit us up and say, I should know that. Shoot the Glass. But okay, let's move no, on here. Hang on. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I know you're running things in my bad. I wanted one more note about Carolina. Matt Rule, I think, is going to be a great coach next year for Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. In case you're keeping track, everybody, that's seven straight road favorites we just mentioned. Yeah. Odd? No, because um, that seems to be the the thing. If you're actually looking at survival contests and a couple and like you know the circa where you got to pick up pick picks and stuff like that, Survivor, this is a nightmare week. This is a nightmare week. You got bad teams playing against bad teams. You got good teams playing against good teams. You got mediocre teams playing against mediocre teams. And good luck sifting through all the shit. Okay. Let's shoot the glass. All right. Shoot the glass. All right. Now let's get to our next one here. The Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is favored by six. The over-under is 52 and a half. Tim, Detroit has scored over 35 points in both games this season. They are second in the league in, in scoring offense. Um... Is there any reason to think this game doesn't go over with the way both of these teams put up points? That's the thing is, yeah. I mean, when I saw the total was 52 and a half, my first instinct was get over. Because the Lions can score and can't stop anybody. And and I feel like the Vikings get back, get back on track with this one. They have gone 8-1 and one in their last nine versus the Lions. So they have beat up on the Lions pretty handily. I did want to shout out, it seems like golf and the sun god, Amon Ra St. Brown, have a great connection going. That is eight straight games where Amon, Saint, Amon Ra St. Brown, the sun god, has at least eight catches. Isn't it an NFL record, isn't it? Uh, no, two other guys have done it. Okay. Uh, Michael Thomas and, uh, I suppose I should have wrote that down. Two guys have done it, but I just... Eight receptions is not easy to do in the NFL. No. And to have eight straight games with Jared Goff as your quarterback, nonetheless. So shout out to the Sun God. Yeah. I was boy was I wrong about him. Yeah, I think if if you're gonna play anything in this game, it's gotta be the over. I mean, n- almost nobody gives up more passing yards than Minnesota, but nobody allows more points than Detroit. Yeah, that's I was just gonna say the Lions defense has given up sixty five points in two weeks. Yeah. So you can say it's that combination of Good Lions offense, bad Lions defense. So I'm sure it'll be a 13-10 game. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I say, if you're going to bet this game, bet the over. Otherwise, just enjoy it for whatever madness ensues. Yeah, absolutely. I, and that's the thing is, I, I'm in, I, you know, in one of our leagues, I have both Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook, and I'm like, yeah, get them out there. I am sitting Aaron Rodgers for Kirk Cousins because I have that much faith that the Lions defense will blow. Is it. Jared Goff a, a starting fantasy quarterback right now? Uh, we'll get to that on the fantasy episode. Oh, teaser. All right, Tim, let me bring up the last of the 12 o'clock games here. The Houston Texans are at the Chicago Bears. Our Chicago Bears. The spread is the Bears by three, sometimes two and a half, sometimes three. It's kind of bouncing back and forth. And the over-under is 40. Um, Tim, the Texans are 0-20 versus NFC opponents as underdogs in their last 20 games. <laughs> So that's that's not good. Zero and twenty. That that's I let me let me let me get out my calculator. Okay, that's still not good. All right, but Lovey's back in Chicago. It is the Lovey Bowl. It is the Lovey Bowl. <laughs> hey, Absolutely. Talk about revenge games. Well, <laughs> I'm sure I, I'm sure you'd be like like they they'd probably be interviewing Lovey. It's not even a revenge game. He'd be like, so Lovey, how do you feel about this? Well, it's great to be back in Chicago. Well, I got to tell you right now, they're we'll get <laughs> they're gonna be, they're over there. They're so hospitable over there. I love it. I loved it in Chicago. You know, they let me go. I had a ten and six season uh, in my third in a row, and and they let me go. And yeah, it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he was interviewed on uh, Barstool. The the guys from Barstool interviewed a big cat. And uh, he was like, yeah, not a lot of coaches get fired after 10 and 6. And it's like, uh, but he's like, but everything happens for a reason. And there's nowhere else I'd rather be but the head coach of the Houston Texans. <laughs> he's I'm like, the best at coach. I'm like, I'm like, so you're the guy. Yes, you're yes. the one that wants to be the. You know. Davis Mills is our quarterback. I'm waiting to hear like. Rex Burkhead is our running back. Rex, Rex is, is our, our running, running back. back. <laughs> yeah, everyone in Chicago remembers that draw. Rex is our quarterback. Because every press conference would start with, are you going to back bench Rex? And he's like, Rex is our quarterback. So let me throw some Let me throw some other interesting deep dives in here. Please, in please make me have so interest in this game. Chicago has lost their last five the week following a Green Bay game. <laughs> well, you know, their owner left town. Chicago's deep run defense is 
dead last. And Houston's pass offense is dead last. Tim, does, does Damian Pierce get right here with the uh, with the fact that the Bears can't stop anybody from running the ball? Well, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I, one of those things I was going to bring up in our fantasy episode, but I, I feel like the Texans can't make up their mind at running back. Week one, it was Rex Burkhead. Week two, they tried to emphasize Damian Pierce. I, what the hell's going on? But you know what? That defense, that bend-don't-break-lovey defense is kind of working right now in in Houston. They they tied the 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 Colts, which I guess is a, a moral victory. I guess for, for them that's a victory. For, yeah. Yes, and then and then they based, they had Denver on the ropes, and they were up nine to six at one point in Denver. In Denver, yeah. So I mean, when you're talking about the fact that they took a Colts team to the limit, and they took De- Denver, Denver, it gave Denver all they can handle. Don't they pretty much? Doesn't it pretty much? The teams that they played against versus the teams the Bears got manhandled against doesn't look like Indies Houston's ready to win this game. You would think so. I, I just to me this feels like an old school game. Lovey to play that Tampa two, the bend don't break, basically making teams sustain a drive. The Bears don't sustain drives. Uh, the one thing I wanted to bring out that caught my eye for the betting: Justin Fields' rush yards total is thirty five and a half. Now, when you play the bend don't break defense, that leaves the middle of the field open. So if you see some quarterback draws, I think that's a good opportunity for Justin Fields over his rush yards. I like a- it. Am I wrong? I like it. I like yeah, it Yeah, I, I just I feel like that opens up the, the field a lot. Hey, Tim, you know what? Can we move on to another game? Please do. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so now we've got the, the Rams, the L.A. Rams, at the Arizona Cardinals. Did I skip one on you? That's okay. All right. Let's talk. So the Rams are favored by three, and the over-under is 48 and a half. Tim, last year these time when these teams played against each other was the wild card game, and it was thirty four eleven. The Rams beat the Cardinals, and it wasn't even that close. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. The Rams have won ten of their last eleven versus the Cards. Has anything we've seen the first two weeks given you the impression the Arizona's going to win this game? A little bit. What I saw last week at the end of the game, there were Kyler doing Kyler things. Um, really shows that when Kyler wants to, he could take over games. He really can. He He's special. He has that talent. It, the problem is he's not surrounded by talent. He's got to kind of do it by himself. James Conner's been hurt. Uh, I mean, Marquise Brown is still getting a, uh, acclimated to the offense. Their second leading receiver is a guy named Greg Dortch because A.J. Green should be retired. Uh, Rondell Moore is hurt. DeAndre Hopkins is, is you know, still serving as his PED suspension. Uh, I, I mean, the man can't do it by himself. Yeah, I mean... The, and the the thing is, is that there's there's a lot of question on on not only not only Kyler, but a Cliff Kingsbury putting a whole season together. They just don't. They don't do it. In every single year that he's been there, every single year that Kyler's been there, they've either had a good finish or a strong start, but they've never put it all together. And you could say that pretty much like every single game so far this year, and a majority of the games towards the end of last year. You would see a good half out of Kyler Murray and then a bad half out of Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's uh, the thing is, I I really feel like if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs this year, that seat for Cliff Kingsbury is going to be really hot. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you: now, last week the Cardinals basically shut down Devontae Adams. He had two catches for twelve yards. Any chance they can do that with Cooper Cup? No, <laughs> and, and I don't think so because you know what? There's a difference because that. Rams offense and that Rams offensive scheme, um, they just make they find ways for Cooper Cup to get open. And on top of that, I don't know if there's anybody that looks towards one receiver as often as Stafford looks at Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally knows where he's at at all times. I feel like Stafford is like that play could take twenty seconds, and he could be dancing around the pocket, and it could be like the perfect pocket, and he would still be like, "Okay, but where's Cooper? But yeah. where's Cooper? Where's my boy Cooper? Cooper? <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. I, I I had to ask because, like I said, I holding Devonte Adams to two catches for twelve yards is pretty impressive. The one thing I will say that scares me is the Rams are second to last in giveaways. They give away the ball an awful lot so far this season. Absolutely. Okay, so we got to talk about the 305 game between the Jags and the Chargers. This one opened at Chargers minus seven, rightly so. They're a much better team than the Jaguars. 
All of a sudden today, that line shot down to three. The over-under went from 47 to 42.5 on reports that Herbert has been limited all week. I ask you, Ricky Vegas, what does Vegas know? They know Herbert's not playing. Because Chase Daniels took all the snaps today in practice. And if he didn't take and if Herbert didn't take any of the snaps today in practice and he's been limited all season long, all all week long, I should say, not season, all week long, he's not playing. Yeah, I, I that's the thing is when you see line movement like that on a Friday, that's not just a red flag. That's flares. That's dude, something's going on. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get Justin Herbert, which then of course brings down all the rest of the Chargers. That being said, the Jags have lost 18 straight road games. I feel like the Chargers, even with Chase Daniel, can win this game. Yeah, that defense can put pressure on the quarterback. And what's the one thing? I know this year the Jaguars have, have only allowed two sacks, but um, but last year Trevor Lawrence got sacked an awful lot. And when you've got Bosa and you've got uh, Khalil, Mack. Khalil Mack coming at you, there's going to be a lot more sacks this week. And it's in it's in L.A., which I know is not mean anything for the Chargers <laughs> usually, but, but, but fans it's, still, travel, it's so. still a neutral it's still a neutral site. And the, let's face it, the Chargers are used to playing on a neutral site. And maybe we'll finally see what Austin Eckler can do running the ball. Yeah, this game might be in front of uh, friends and family. <laughs> Something that caught my eye from this one. Travis Etienne's receptions is set in two at two and a half. I really like the over because I feel like even if Chase Daniel plays, the Chargers should have a lead in this game. And I know Travis Etienne's one of those guys they were trying to get involved in the past game. I, I feel like that screams over two and a half. Like he's going to get four or five receptions. Yeah, I I don't know if I I I understand why it 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 looks to me like the smarter play too. But I just have a really bad feeling about Jacksonville's offense on the road and and the Chargers' defense. That Chargers' defense um, did a really good job of holding KC down for that first half. And uh, I think we might see more of the same. And Jacksonville's defense is not KC. Jacksonville's offense is not KC's offense. And get ready because if they start coming at them, that momentum is going to carry all game long. Everything you said is accurate. All right. Uh, this next game is our full-service operation game. The Atlanta Falcons are at Seattle, where Seattle is now favored by one. Now, I, when I started my research for this one on Wednesday, the Falcons were a one-point favorite at Seattle. And I was going to say, what's going on here? Is that a trap? Well, everyone else agreed, because now Seattle's favored by one. So, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Um. Well, I would say this is, this is a game where you would say uh, Atlanta versus Seattle. Matt Ryan versus Russell Wilson. Not so fast, my friends. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that is Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, no more. I mean, this is the one thing that I could say about this is um, Atlanta can at least run the ball. I mean, Seattle is dead last in rushing offense. And when we were talking about it all offseason, what did we say the only thing we thought they were going to be good at was with Rashard Penny and Kenneth Walker the third that they were going to be able to run the ball. And they aren't even trying. I mean, Geno Smith is pretty much... Um, kind of running all over the place. In, and But bottom line is, these are both bad teams. And I don't really know if you'd want anything to do with this this game. Maybe this game, the play is the over because both of these teams are just so bad that that, that they'll find ways to score. Like DK Metcalf can finally get healthy. I, I Like get, get, some, get some points, get some payday. I don't know. Tim, I don't know. So Green Bay is favored at Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa's a one and a half point favorite. <laughs> he over-under is 42. <laughs> The, I'm sorry. The the Rodgers versus Brady game total is 42. The Marcus Mariota versus Geno Smith total is 42. What the hell? Yeah. Well, this is this is bizarre world. Is because you know what? Green Bay's defense is pretty good, and Tampa Bay's defense is really good. I mean, Tampa Bay's defense basically just demoralized Dallas. And demoralize New Orleans. And that's the thing is the headline of this game, of course, is Rodgers versus Brady. It should be Green Bay's defense versus Tampa Bay's defense. And we're gonna see that on display. To me, it's like this could be like a 17-13 game. I love the fact that that when I heard somebody talk about this game before, they were like, in what could be the last game that Brady and Rodgers meet up against each other. 
unless they meet in like the NFC Championship game. <laughs> it's like what? What is that? Like you don't you don't if and there or else before you even get done talking about it. Like it could very well be the last time these two teams. Well, unless they make it in the playoffs, which is a very good possibility. So it's just what? Why are we even talking about it? <laughs> yeah, that's like somebody. I I had to fill thirty seconds, so I'm going to say Tampa that. Bay has no receivers. Green Bay. Has no receivers. Well, the difference is Tampa Bay started the season with receivers. <laughs> Green Bay didn't start the season with any receivers. Well, hey, no, Sammy Watkins is out. Sammy like Watkins I said, Green Bay out. did not start the season with it. Which hats off to Sammy Watkins. He made it to week three before Yeah, you, you put that in our fantasy football chat. I was like, oh, God, you're right. I mean, you guys got two weeks out of Sammy Watkins. Congratulations. Yeah, Godwin's been ruled out. Evans is suspended. Julio's a game-time decision. We know how that goes. I, I feel like we're going to see... A lot of Aaron Jones receiving yards, which I wanted to point it out, on our friends at DraftKings have said that Aaron Jones receiving yards is 28 and a half. Take it. Pound the over. Take it. Because, I, I mean, this could be one of those games where Rodgers has no choice but to find a way. Those little, you know, that little one yard throw it to him forward as he's mm-hmm. coming across this is apparently considered a pass. Yeah. I, I feel like you're going to have Aaron Jones have nine catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown on the backfield. This this game screams, uh, even though it's Brady versus Rodgers, it's literally Fournette against A.J. Dillon and uh, and Aaron Jones. It's a, literally a two-on-one ladder match, old uh, 90s WWE right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, Sunday night game. The San Francisco 49ers are traveling to Denver. The spread has been moving all over the place. It is right now, I believe, San Francisco plus one and over under 45. I have um, San Francisco as minus one and a half with a 43 and a half. So yeah, see, it's been all over the that, place. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I did the double check on my way to your house here. So I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, NBC, when originally they signed up for this game, they thought, oh, man, the Niners look like they're going to be dead. They're, they're going to be good. And, and Denver, Russell Wilson's going to come in there and revitalize it. You know if they could flex this game out, they definitely would. Yeah, you know what? Look, the Denver has so many injuries in their secondary. How many injuries? It is, it, it is, it is disturbing. Like, they, they've lost a couple of safeties. It's not good. But you know what's even worse than that? The Denver Broncos red zone offense. It is absolutely horrendous. Which is weird because they have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. They should excel at red zone offense. They don't. They this was one of those things where we were like, hey, they're going to let Russ cook. We said it all offseason. They're going to let Russ cook. They're going to let Russ cook. They shouldn't let Russ cook. <laughs> They've got great running backs who continually rush for six, seven yards a carry on average, and they're just throwing them off to the side. And you're just like being like, that's good. That's good. Sit on the side. We're going to let Russell do it here. You know what this screams of? This screams Seattle Seahawks at the one-yard line throwing the ball when they should have just ran it in with Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, Absolutely. Let me ask you this, buddy. Okay. Are the 49ers better with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes. They are. It's absolutely. But let me throw this out to you here, okay? No matter what you're saying about this game and about these teams and the records at 1-1 one and one and the fact that the, the 49ers so far have played against Chicago and Seattle. And Denver has played against Seattle and Houston. We know nothing about these teams still after two nope. weeks. They've, played, they've both played against garbage. And garbage. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I, I think if NBC could get out of this game, they definitely would. I'm interested to see, uh, you know, like I said, I'm interested to see which Denver team shows up. I really believe if they committed to the run with those two running backs and then let Russell Wilson play off that with play action, that would work. Yeah. I think they, I, I think they're just still, I think Nathaniel Hackett's still trying to figure out how to be a head coach. I, yeah, he better figure it out because he's been really making some big mistakes there. The delay of games, the bad play calling, the let's throw a, let's throw a, let's throw a field goal out there with 30 seconds left on fourth and five after we let 40 seconds run off the play clock. I mean, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Can we get back to bad? Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of nationally televised games that they wish they could flex out of, the Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush are at the Giants, minus one, with a total of 39, the lowest of the week. Rick, give me a reason to watch this game. Under? Bet the under? <laughs> bet the 39 under? 39 doesn't scare you, Bet huh? the under, if it goes over 39, turn it off and go to bed. I mean, like this, I, I don't know. I just, the, the these games, the, the Giants' last 13 home games have gone to the under 12 out of 13 times. 
Let me throw another interesting stat at you, Tim. Please do. The Giants have passed for under 200 yards in now 11 straight games. Wow. So you're saying that's not good. It's not good. It's not good. And Cooper Rush is 2-0 as a starter, and Daniel Jones is not a good starter. So, I mean, when we're talking about it, like, the, the Giants wide receiver room is a mess. You got Galladay left before the, he could even talk to the media last week. Tony, after week one, was saying he's he's not happy that he's not getting the ball. And some of that, you, you thought Brian Dayball was going to make this team better, but it just seems like the drama that has been going on for two seasons is just snowballing over there. And they're 2-0. and They are 2-0, and and I have zero faith in this team. They might be one of the worst 2-0 and teams I've ever seen. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I, I don't understand why they don't constantly feed Saquon the ball. He's clearly the best offensive player they have. He's playing with that massive chip on his shoulder because dude wants to get paid. Uh, it, it's like the same thing we talk about with the Panthers. But like, How are you not giving CMC the ball? Well, last year, last week when they played against each other, I texted you. I was like, they must have gone out to the coin flip, and they would have been like, flip the coin, and Carolina was like, you know we're not going to run the ball with CMC. They're like, That's okay. We're not going to run with Barkley either. All right, good. High five. Yeah, let's go. And that's the thing is, they've realized that it's a passing league, but what they didn't realize is they don't have the components to pass the ball. Yes, <laughs> I mean, exactly. I just don't understand it. And it goes to show because the, the DraftKings lines for passing yards, Cooper Rush, 210, Daniel Jones, 201. What the hell? Did you just check that now? Because it was 207 when I checked it at about 10, 10 a.m. this morning. Either it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're talking 200 yards for a professional quarterback. <laughs> I, it, all right, all right, all right. So we've gotten all, through all the games, and some of them are really, really sad. Tim, uh, best bets. I mean, let's go over what happened last week. I was 1-2. and two. Tim, you were 0-3. It was a very bad week. Well, once again, I'm not talking the, about bad. The damn bad, witching hour got me. I'm not talking about bad bets. I'm talking about bad beats. These are games that did not work out because the game just went upside down at the end of the game. And so I will throw those on there and stuff like that. I'll say that for everybody. If you start showing me other people's bets and stuff like that, I'll say, yeah, you know what? Most of these were bad beats last week. If you won, it was basically because your team came out of a yeah, miracle. You backdoor covered, yeah. You backdoor covered, yeah, exactly. So, Tim, I've got mine already here. I want to hear yours. You go first. I got the Buffalo Bills minus five. We, we talked about it in the game. I, I don't see any reason the Bills don't win this by... 10 points. I, I'm sorry. I, I know Miami showed a great comeback against the Ravens, but I feel like that was Ravens' secondary issues more than it was good Miami. Like I said, even in their dominating win week one against New England, they scored one offensive touchdown. There, Nothing the Bills have shown me this year says that they have a weakness. Yeah, well, you're right. Uh, Miami, Miami did not play well on offense for seven quarters. And then they came out in that fourth quarter and finally started playing ball. Yeah. Um, and B- once Buffalo again, minus five is the play. All right. I, I, I like that play. I'm going to throw one out here for you. The Baltimore Ravens minus two and a half. And it is three now. So I'll go ahead and take the three. And so like that, even though I got it at two and a half yesterday. You're not I, worried about the trap, huh? I will go ahead. I'm not worried about the trap. I'm not worried about the trap. Baltimore is has play, has outplayed their, their teams they played against for seven quarters. They let one quarter slip away from them. And I believe this is going to be one of those. John Harbaugh is going to have these guys refocused, and there's going to be blood in the water. And when you're going to a te- you're going to a team in New England that doesn't have the talent, and you're going to have to figure out Belichick's going to have to make a decision. What is the one thing you're going to shut down on the on the Baltimore Ravens? Are you going to shut down shut down Mark Andrews? Or are you going to shut down and spy Lamar Jackson all day? You're not going to be able to do both. You're going to have to pick one or the other, and whichever one you do, Baltimore is going to excel at the other one. Because if you let Lamar Jackson run, he's going to run all day. And if you let him throw to Mark Andrews, he's going to run, he's going to throw all day. And he said they still got Rashad Bateman. Devin DuVernay had a good first week. I know he's he's questionable with an injury and stuff like that. But you know what? There's too much talent on this Baltimore team and not enough talent on New England. Speaking of that game, my second of my best bets, the Patriots team total over 20 and a half. Their, yeah, their team total is 20 and a half. I understand what you're, the point you're trying to make, that they don't have the offense to come back. I'm not saying they're going to come back and do what the Dolphins did last week. I'm just saying the Ravens' defense is bad enough on the road. The Patriots can go over 20 and a half. Okay. All right. So my second play, I've already said it earlier, the Eagles minus six. Philly runs the ball well. Washington cannot stop the run. 
And there's nothing, there's no reason to stop that. And in even on passing plays, guess what? Jalen Hurts, a majority of the time, could just run like he did last year. And Washington has been a second-half team. I, I could probably even take it, scratch it and just take the first half. I like both of them. I like the first half and I like the full game. But I'll go with the full game here, and I say that Philadelphia puts Washington to bed by mid-third quarter. Can't argue with anything you said. My third best bet, I'm going a little off the board here. I mentioned it during the game. Aaron Jones receiving yards over 28.5. Pound the hell out of that. How his receiving yards are only 28.5. And and I checked on DraftKings just before we recorded. It is still set at 28.5. I pound that. Yeah. Pound it. I think, think especially against the team like Tampa that's going to be coming at the quarterback, going to be coming at uh, Rodgers every single chance they get, Rodgers is going to be dumping it off to whatever running back he can get the ball to. So I think both of those, when you're talking about A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, I think that's those are great plays. Because guess what? Guess who Aaron Aaron Rodgers believes in? His running backs. Guess who he does not believe in? Everyone Those else. rookie receivers. <laughs> All right. My third and final pick for this for this podcast here is the Bears-Texans first half under 20 points. This just screams to me one of these games that's going to go into halftime. It's going to be 3-3-6-3-0-3-0-0. I mean, I just – there is no talent on either one of these teams – that makes me have any confidence that either one of these teams are going to move the ball with confidence. Yeah, everything you said is accurate. So uh, hopefully we're going to make you some money, guys. We do want you to check out our fantasy episode. We're going to load that up next where we dive deep into our roots with the fantasy football angle of week three. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back with some fantasy talk.